What is up, everybody? This is the Story Men Podcast, episode 15. I am here, as always, back from the Middle East, J.R. Foresteros and Matt Miguelatos. What is up, man? Hi, Clay. I'm super jet-lagged, so Hi, we're good. Everyone. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I'm starting to wonder if, if uh, time and space is against us on this. We've been trying to get this thing going here, and J.R., you... You can't even tell a camel apart from a horse because you're so jet-lagged and my technology is about to blow up Google. <laughs> Matt, what's going on in your world? You must be uh, nice and calm and you must be the, the one who's all together, huh? Yeah. Uh, we've got three out of the five family members at my house have strep throat, so I've been to the doctors oh. three days in a row. Uh, Some story men are hurting. Yeah, but you know what? I used yesterday, my two older girls were home with me, since we're the three with strap, and I used it as a geek dad day. I, I introduced them to Doctor Who. I showed them the first Star Wars movie, and they're they're on board. They're on board. I saw your post on Twitter asking if um, Star Wars, so this happens in the really far future, right? Yeah, I was like, pay attention, kids. It said right at the beginning. This happened long, long ago <laughs> in a galaxy far, far away. Stop trampling on my childhood. So... Yeah, they had lots of really funny questions. They already knew that, spoiler, Darth Vader is Luke's father. It's like part of their cultural heritage. Right. They understood that already. So they kept <laughs> asking questions like, shouldn't his name be Luke Vader? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then you had to go into the whole Sith genealogy and how about all the Siths or darts and it's, you know. I just I just keep telling, they keep asking questions. I say, just hold on. One of the future movies will answer that question for you but they did ask if princess leia gets married to luke and i just i just was silent i was like there is a surprise waiting for you then so <laughs> and that's yes. in episode seven when they get married so <laughs> well that's good geek dad out of sickness you know some of my favorite days were kind of like um the princess bride time you know when you're uh -huh. sick home from school and no, Grandpa never came over and read me an amazing story, but I did have some fun times watching, you know, Ferris Bueller's Day Off or discovering new music. Sick days can be fun if you're just sick enough to go stay home from school, but strep throat's tough. Yeah, I, the big thing is, you know, we're all contagious. So even if we feel okay, which I think all three of us felt all right, it's just we can infect others. So... Yeah, it's all right. We sat around. We watched TV. <laughs> Laid on my hammock. So, JR, you have um, been doing a little bit of networking, and uh, we get a chance to be a part of something cool here. Talk about that. Yeah, that's right. Today, for episode 15, we are participating with nine other Christian geek-themed podcasts in a podcast tour. So, uh, we are one of many, obviously of these kinds of podcasts, and we thought we'd all work together to help each other promote and cross-advertise and stuff like that. So we're going to play a promo here in a couple of minutes for uh, all of the podcasts, and you can check them all out. We'll put them all in the story notes. But but all ten of the podcasts, last week and this week, are talking about superheroes. And there came a day, a day unlike any other, when Earth's geekiest podcasters found themselves united for a common theme take on topics no individual geek christian podcast could withstand heed the call then for now podcasters assemble featuring are you just watching movie book and tv show reviews with critical thinking for christians are you just watching.com 
Faith, Hope, and Nerds, Being Creative and Being a Christian, faithhopeandnerds.com. Game Store Profits, where geek culture and God culture collide, gamestoreprofits.com. Geek This Podcast, geek culture without the pocket protector, geekthispodcast.com. Geekily Yoked, the world's best married Christian geek podcast, geeklyyoked.com. Holy Worlds Podcast, encouraging the effective use of niche media genres for the glory of God, holyworlds.posturus.com. The Sci-Fi Christian, bringing you theology at warp speed, thescifichristian.com. Storymen, the intersection of pop culture, theology, and history, storymen.us. Strangers and Aliens, exploring faith and imagination, strangersandaliens.com. Issue 1, Superheroes. So we all get to bring our own unique ideas and thoughts to the table, and as long as we're talking about superheroes, we can basically talk about whatever we want to talk about. So we thought we would dedicate our whole episode today to uh, the most famous and second greatest hero of all time, (laughs) Superman. <laughs> that, was awesome. that was amazing. Oh man, I love Superman, guys. You don't even understand. I was the kid with the Superman underoos before there were Superman underoos. I had the pajamas with the hoodies, and I tucked the blanket into the back of my collar, and I yes. would fly around the house, arms outstretched. Yes. My earliest birthday memory is my mom made me a Superman birthday cake shaped like him. Like, yeah, it was amazing. And I I dressed as Superman and all my buddies came dressed as other superheroes for for my birthday. That was my fourth or fifth birthday. It was awesome. awesome. I, you know, I don't even remember when I first knew about it seemed like it seemed like one of those things that i always knew about superman yeah like from the earliest memory i ever had it's like i knew who he was i knew what his powers were i knew what his costume looked like i I just i knew everything about him he's so uh he's so ubiquitous talk about cultural heritage yeah exactly yeah and it's easy to know his powers because he has them all all of the powers yep (laughs) right what can he do he can blow on things and freeze them sure why not that, that makes no sense, but of course he can do that. He's he, Superman. He, he can uh, he can peel his chest emblem off and throw it at someone, and it expands <laughs> and turns into a giant cellophane body wrap that then traps Exactly. It. Exactly. <laughs> he can fly around the Earth so fast it turns backwards and he goes back in time. I mean, that's, 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 that's science. He could reverse earthquakes. <laughs> but most of all, he's, he's uh, faster than a speeding bullet. More yeah. powerful than a locomotive. Yeah. Leaps buildings in a single bound, guys. Which I always thought was a funny way to promote him since, I mean, he can fly. Like, are we really going to focus on his vertical? Well, so you know, originally he couldn't fly. Oh, when okay. Superman was first, when he first was brought out as a comic book character, he was basically like the Superman. He could do just what a man could do, only he was incredibly strong. He could, yeah. Jump really high, run really fast. Exactly, exactly. I just started reading a book called Superman, an unauthorized biography, and that's where I am right now. It's in, like, the from 1938 when he debuted in Action Comics uh, through, like, I'm in the part right now where it's up until the early 40s, and it's talking about, like, when do the powers appear and how was, you know, it's, it's just so fascinating to see sort of the, the evolution of the Superman character. 
So well, yeah, I'm curious. I'm oh, sorry. Good, man. Well, I was just going to say, it's really interesting. You've got these two Jewish guys. One's a Canadian, one's uh, from New York, and they're in New York City, and they're writing these comics that are really pretty heavily influenced by the same philosophers that were influencing the Nazis uh, or the people who became the Nazis, all about the purity of humanity and we can create these supermen the idea of the superman so it's really funny that superman himself ends up becoming the exact opposite of where the nazis end up going and of course we have uh comics showing superman fighting the nazis and destroying the axis and all this kind of stuff which is great right. and he fights for truth justice in the american way that's um, right all now, that stuff am i correct in assuming that he was always an alien from krypton yeah, that was in his in the in the first the page action comics of the action comics debut. It, it mentions that he's now. It didn't mention Jor-El or Krypton or any of that. It just said, you know, parents put him uh, parents of a dying planet put him in a rocket, landed on Earth. Um, all of the details came later, but that was a part of his his origin early on. Yeah, and the Richard Donner films really made the the backstory and the family of Krypton. Huge. So I'm curious, Matt, you said your fourth birthday party, JR, you said you've kind of always known. Um, for me, you know, my love of Superman began with those Donner films, um, Superman 1 and 2. And then, of course, I watched them all through the 80s. What was um, what was it for you guys? Was it a comic book? Was it a movie? I, th- I think. Now, the early, the Richard TV Donner show? Superman was certainly a big piece of it for me. There's two other pieces. One's the Super Friends cartoon that I remember really. Oh, early. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then the other is I had a treasure. This probably came after, but I remember it so vividly. A treasury size comic. So that's like three times the size of a regular magazine. Treasury size comic of Superman versus Muhammad Ali. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Was it DC? Do you remember? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a DC comic. And it was so cool. Like the cover just has Superman and Muhammad Ali like beating each other up wearing gloves and then the whole audience is full of superheroes and like famous people and there was this thing in the back where you could look at their silhouettes and see who was who and i just remember staring at that thing for hours and the story's ridiculous you know some aliens kidnap them and they're like superman has to fight muhammad ali and the winner blah 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 who knows it was ridiculous but it was incredible i must have read that thing i don't know a thousand <laughs> times <clears throat> Yeah, you know, for me, it was definitely the Donner films. Uh, and, and actually, in my childhood ignorance, Superman 3 was my favorite because <laughs> of the... And it's, it's an incredibly dumb reason, but one, I thought it was hilarious when Richard Pryor did the computer code. Yeah. Spoiler. It's to steal all the money, and then he shows up in a Ferrari the next day or whatever. And then the scene where the woman, the, the henchwoman, gets turned into a cyborg, and she comes like stumbling out of the computer was just so scary for me as a kid. I was like, oh, I just thought it was awesome. I forget she uh, plays Robert Wan's sister in that. Yeah. And so, you know, going back and revisiting Superman three and four now, they're just so bad. Um, well, I, I got to say, I watched Superman three a couple months ago. It was just on TV and I was doing some work and um, yeah, I mean, obviously the special effects are not there. But Richard Pryor <laughs> still makes me laugh, man. Oh, sure. That, that scene where he has to get the night guard um, drunk. And they, and they go back to Smallville. That's like an extended... Um, oh, yeah. I had forgotten about yeah, that. Yeah, because uh, Margot Kidder is out. It's not about Lois Lane. It 
it's it's all about going back to Smallville for the high school reunion. Wow, yeah. And uh, that's where he encounters all that. But yeah, Richard Pryor with his, you know, and he's all trying to <laughs> ski off of uh, buildings and stuff. There's a lot of humor in there that was just so campy. Well, I think part of it's like we were kids, right? The original Superman movie, which I adore... I think if it came out today, I'd be angry at it. It has so yeah. many goofy things. And, you know, yeah, Lex Luthor's entire plan involves nuking the West Coast because he has all this, you know, land on the interior that's going to be the new West Coast. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and, yeah, the time travel stuff and all that's so dumb. But but Christopher Reeve's so charming. He's so, like, yep. nails the character. Uh, and that, I think, as a kid, I was like, yeah, that is a guy I want to be. He has yes. all the powers ever. And everyone loves him, and he gets the girl he wants whenever he wants. And why wouldn't you and want to be good. that guy? Like, he's good. And he's yeah. good. Like that's the thing. Like he has he has an insane power set, but he's there's not a selfish bone in his body. And this is before. That's right. I mean, you know, you think of even the television show like Heroes, and just the way that all comic books and superhero movies are now. There has to be this gray area, this conflicted character in crisis. Right. It was never in question with Superman. I mean, he was always so clearly right. good. And as a kid, I mean, I'm not exaggerating when I say this. I literally wrote about this in my book. Like, I, I was probably more impacted by some of Superman's teachings than like anybody yeah. in my church. I did not want to tell a lie because he dropped a hammer on Lois Lane when she tried to lie. And you never <laughs> tell a lie. Like that was Superman through and through. And that's, you know, it's interesting. Oh, go ahead, Matt. Sorry. I was going to say, I think you've hit like really the core piece of the character for me is Superman's the guy who always does the right thing and yep. that he could set up a, uh, you know, the world in a way that it's a totality totalitarian dictatorship with him in charge, but he would never do that. That's wrong. Nope. And, and that's part of why I didn't like Superman returns. Like a big part of that movie was about making Superman more relatable. And he makes a lot of relational mistakes and he does, he does really hurtful, painful things to the people around him, And he, yeah, he's kind of creepy sometimes in what he does with his powers. And I hated that. I was like, do you not know who Superman is? Yeah. Well, that's interesting because, um, when that movie, it did not do well. And look, I'm, I own it. I've watched it probably four times. That's just who I am. Um, because I kind of like the way that um, Brandon Ruth played Superman. But no, the movie did not do well. And I think it was Brian Singer, right? Um, yep. He said that his biggest mistake was that he was trying too hard to pay homage to the Donner films. But it was interesting that almost the, almost the, the only part of those films that wasn't a direct homage was... Superman himself. Yes. You know, to Matt's point, and, and, right, you know, that's what I mean. And, and I think I think it's interesting that, you know, so the Donner films were made pre-Watchmen, uh and and Watchmen was that comic that really deconstructed superheroes in the 80s. I mean, it, it was one of those landmark chain like things that changed comic books forever. And in well, the Watchmen, if you guys have read that or even if you've seen the film, Dr. Manhattan is the deconstruction of the Superman character. Because he has the limitless power set, and then the question that Alan Moore asked in Watchmen was, well, if you really had a character who had this unlimited power set, why would they care about people? You know, we would be like ants compared to them, yeah. so why – we don't care about ants. We don't ask how they're doing or, you know, we exterminate them when they're in our houses. So I think that in the wake of, in the wake of Watchmen, that's where you have people who really – they just don't know what to do with Superman. They don't know what to do – 
with the big blue boy scout who always does the right thing, who is never, there's never a situation that's complex for him. He never has to make a tough decision. It's just, I just do the right thing. Well, but then <laughs> Superman, in the second Superman film, he makes the decision to lay down his powers. Right. You know, and that becomes, I remember Because you can do that. He gets, he gets beat down in the diner. And yeah, I remember, yeah, like, he bleeds for the first time. Bleeding. Yeah. That stupid jerk. <laughs> Look, here's how much Superman is a part of my psyche. I'm writing a book about the undead, and I get to the final chapter where I'm supposed to have whatever take-home value there is, and I wrote a section on Superman 2 in that book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it brings all these interesting spiritual things in. Like, I think that whether you're talking about the Alan Moore thing or, or like, Clay, you were just saying about Superman giving up his powers. Like, all all these things have enormous spiritual parallels. And the reason Alan Moore sees if you have that much power, you become alien and cannot interface with humanity. That's what he thinks would happen if there was right. a being with ultimate power. And for the three of us, we're coming from a Christian background, and we're looking and saying, yeah, of course there's a possibility for someone with limitless power to look at humanity and say, these are people worth my time. I love them. And a lot of Superman's story, like, okay, Batman's story is the story of a broken man who, instead of fixing himself, is trying to fix the world, right? Right. Superman is the story of the perfect man looking at the world and saying, you can be like me. And how yeah. is that not the Christian story? Uh, you know, so, yeah, it's really interesting. And, of course, they've messed with those parallels a lot. And Superman Returns actually messed with it a lot. Uh, like, played with it, I mean, not messed with it in a bad way. Like, it's an interesting but it wasn't mythological piece. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, now he has his son, and there's all this. That, that just uh, was never going anywhere. <laughs> well, let's let's uh, let's really dig into the movies a little bit more in a second. I wanted to ask, so that would be interesting, because I get, I get asked this question a lot when people are wanting to kind of dive into comics. Now that comic book movies are getting so popular, uh, people kind of want to go back and read the source material. And I was curious if you guys, like, what Superman comics have you read? And if you were to make a list of, like, maybe the top three or four must-reads to get a good handle on the Superman character? Like, who, what would you say are some essentials? Well, I mean, I'm never going to be a big part of this discussion as far as comics. I just I just didn't read a ton. Um, but I did have that one. The, the, the main Superman book I read was from 1982. It was DC Comics What If, and it was a Superman-Joker crossover. And, oh. And um, I forget who plays the, the villain... But basically, it's like this triangle of animosity where somebody wants the Joker dead. And in order to prevent Superman from saving the Joker, because, you know, Superman will do that just because that's, yep. that's who he is. This guy holds Perry White hostage somehow and tries to put Perry White and the Joker's lives in danger at the same time. So Superman has to make you know the classic choice. I don't remember how it resolves. It was a one-off because it was from that What If series. <laughs> That's my I only. can guess how it resolves. Right, yeah. The Joker didn't die. Superman saves everyone. He doesn't have to make a tough <laughs> that's, choice. That's how it always That's how yeah. it always And ends. even if he doesn't, I'm sure he could have you know, spun around the earth and turned back time. Yeah, right. yeah he saves one. But I'm guessing the... Matt probably um, could speak better to comics than that. Well, yeah. I mean, I've read, like I said, Superman versus Muhammad Ali, a classic. A classic of the genre. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there, there's a bunch of them out there. If you want the more traditional who is Superman kind of this tells you the story you're going to see in the movie. You know, John Byrne's Man of Steel series, which was sort of a relaunch of Superman, 
uh, is really fun and probably has the creepiest Lex Luthor of any of them. Um, I love, there's a story called for the man who has everything, which is, uh, really excellent. It's actually by Alan Moore also. Uh, but what it, what it talks about is who is Superman really? How does he make the decision to stay engaged, uh, with our reality and what does he want more than anything? So it's, it's a really beautiful story. Uh, but then, yeah, I'm guessing JR will mention some of these same ones, but all-star Superman's a recent one. I love kingdom come, which really at its core is a, is a Superman story. Uh, and, and then there's a, there's a alternate, like a, a what if type story called red sun. Like what if, uh, Superman had crashed in Russia instead yeah. of the U S which is really, really excellent. Yeah, I, do, I do know about that one and that one, fascinates me basically superman becomes the ultimate communist right yeah exactly and he's shaped by different parents you know so he doesn't grow up the all-american he still tries to do the right thing but his picture of what the right thing is has been shifted into a more aggressive like i'm going to help humanity along whether they like it or not uh yeah it's it's, it's but good still stuff. in a in a way that's still really uh i don't know it's hard to it's like he's not a bad guy in red sun no still well uh it's he does have totalitarian of, leanings though i mean we can say that safely. that's fair yeah it's 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 a tremendous book and it's one that if you've never read a comic before you can pick it up and dive right in and if if you know the bare bones of the superman story which i think everyone do. does <laughs> yeah you do then you then you can then you can you'll be fine in red sun but if you've been reading DC comics for a long time and have a deep, rich knowledge of the DC universe and pick up Red Sun, it will surprise you on almost every page. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's an incredible, it's an incredible book. Um, and then explain Kingdom Come because I didn't, I didn't really mention that one much, but you guys oh have both man. read that, right? So, oh gosh, Kingdom Come is Kingdom Come is one of the best graphic novels that has ever existed, and it is the book of revelation reimagined as a war among superheroes and so the way matt was saying it's kind of at, at its heart it's really a superman book because it's set in the quote-unquote future of the dc universe so it's not considered you know canon but what all you know at the beginning of the book is that superman has quit and that's in and of itself shocking because one of the main things about superman is that superman never quits superman always continues to do the right thing so there's all this mystery around why did he quit and how could that even happen and i'm not even sure i'm gonna like this book because superman doesn't quit and then when that that first big reveal comes it's just it's just gut-wrenching and horrific and amazing and thought-provoking yeah. and then the story moves forward from there do you the think i'm sorry go ahead clay do you think jr that that the success of that book has something to do with why they decided to go at Superman Returns like they did. I mean, remember in the opening, Superman's been gone. Basically, the explanation is that he went on hiatus to to finally, you know, search every corner of the universe and just make sure there's no remnants of Krypton left. Right. <laughs> um, and now he's back and Lois is angry and all that. I guess it could. Um, you know, it didn't I think work that... in the Superman I think that I think that more in general, super it's it's hard to and Matt, your piece that you wrote as a review of Superman Returns for the Wittenberg Door, I think nails this. It's almost impossible to tell a Superman story without religious overtones. Like he's just so like God and Jesus and Moses and David and everyone that it's really hard to get away from that. And so 
a really good writer is just going to embrace that, use the themes, and tell a really good story. Which is, I think, what Mark, Mark Wade wrote Kingdom Come, Mark Miller wrote Red Sun. They both just do that so well. Um, I, don't, I don't know, Matt, what do you think? I think was my my feel on Superman Returns is that the, they needed him gone so that he could come home and discover he had a son. Uh, it, it was a question of either making him look kind of like an uncaring jerk or making him look like an idiot. Like he can't just discover five years later while he's flying around Metropolis. Oh gosh, Lois, you have a kid. Where'd that come from? We did have sex that Dar, one time. Yeah, you know. Um, and 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 can I just interrupt for a second and say? I think that the film Mallrats clearly <laughs> explained why it's totally impossible for Lois and Superman to have a kid. And we're not going to go any further than that, because if you've seen that movie, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I have that but monologue anyway. memorized. Yeah, I think I do too. <laughs> I just want to say that anyway. Superman's a very gentle person. And I, <laughs> I think it could be fine. <laughs> and, and the comics would argue that he and Lois have had children on uh, in multiple, you know, different timelines. Right. <laughs> and have been almost married about 500 times. Yeah, so I don't know. I, uh, I think a lot of Kingdom Come, the idea is more like, is there a point where Superman steps back and says, I am crippling humanity by not letting them grow up. I'm the overbearing right. parent. And I need to step back and let them take care of things. And then realizing... I was trying to do the right thing. Was that maybe a mistake? And do they need me to step in one more time? Uh, yeah. Yeah. But it's a, it's a beautiful, it's a beautifully done story. And the artwork, which we haven't really mentioned is a key part of course, with comics and yep. kingdom come particularly has gorgeous, fully painted art by a guy named Alex Ross. And uh, yeah. Unbelievable. Is that the guy from PBS who does the happy little trees? Yep. It's, <laughs> it's mostly background things with uh, just sort of stick figures in the front. Bob Ross. Oh, Bob, my bad. <laughs> I was way off. Uh, I would also add to the graphic novelist, just before we jump over to TV shows, I would add, um, it's a relatively new series called Superman Earth One. It's by J. Michael Straczynski, who was the Babylon 5 showrunner. He's written a lot of comics, did a great run on Amazing Spider-Man for Marvel. Yeah, but uh, his his Superman Earth one is a another yet another retelling of the Superman origins. But I've really enjoyed both of those volumes, uh, if, especially if you're not really familiar with comics, and it wouldn't hurt you to to revisit his origins and him becoming Superman one more time. Uh, they're really really good. And then Matt, you mentioned one that I thought I thought both uh, two were really good. Um, there's a whole series called Batman Superman, and then you had Brave and Bold Batman versus Superman. And I think both of those really do a good job of showing the the really dramatic differences between those two characters and their worldviews and how they see humanity. Uh, and, and you kind of get inside both of those characters' heads. And it's it's really helpful to identify and define each of the characters by seeing them contrasted with the other, wouldn't you say? Well, and that was actually, you know, Clay, you were saying that a lot of your uh, early life was shaped by Superman rather than church. The first time I ever thought of the question, are human beings basically good or evil? was in a Brave and the Bold comic where Superman said people are basically good and Batman said they're basically evil and they got in a fight and they said, let's go prove who's right. It's actually a pretty funny comic in <laughs> retrospect. But at the time I was like, oh my gosh, this is incredibly profound. And, uh, you know, I was just kind of waiting to see who would be proven right. But that is the, that is the essential difference between those two characters. Superman believes that with the right example and the right opportunities, humans can achieve anything. And... <laughs> Batman's like, 
nope. You're all going to jail. <laughs> you need justice. <laughs> I'm the hero you deserve. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, those. So there's a good list of comics. We'll put all those in the show notes uh, if you want are looking for a place to get started with Superman. Uh, let's talk again before we go to the films. Let's talk about Superman on television. So the two that immediately sprang to my mind were the uh, the '90s classic soapy drama Lois and Clark, King. and then of course the <laughs> recent uh, CW Smallville. Now, so, first of all, I've just got to object and say, how could the first Superman TV you think of not be the original Superman TV series? I mean, no, none of us were alive and. Little because kids in the 50s. that came out in the 40s. 50s. <laughs> but didn't you ever see reruns? No, I, actually, I would say, and, I, and we should probably devote a whole separate segment to the animated Superman television. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, like, just the, the Super Friends was was really yeah. my first television exposure to Superman. Apache but, but I'm gonna, Chief. I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb that's going to get me stoned to death here and say oh, no. Superman is fairly forgettable in Super Friends. He what? was one of the least interesting characters. Well, you just couldn't take your eyes off Wonder Woman. <laughs> Actually, the ones the ones who were my favorite were the Wonder Twins. Oh, Wonder Twin powers activate. I thought yeah. you were going to say, actually, I was really into Aquaman. Meanwhile. <laughs> <laughs> Seahorse. Things that no one says. <laughs> Come on. Aquaman. We're going to do a whole episode on Aquaman. You're going to see. He's incredible. Hey, guys, can we use Incredibly the worthless. transition music for every time we go into a new segment? Yes. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Okay, well, then I will be the lone person to speak. All right. All right. Go ahead. On the original George Yeah. Reeves. Tell do me it. about it. I've You're never seen it. You're the history guy. You've never yeah. seen it? <laughs> I've never seen it. I'm just I'm surprised you've never even seen it. The interesting thing was that George Reeves, who actually, if nobody's ever heard of him, he's not related to Christopher Reeve, who played the, the movie Superman, which is a weird coincidence. And if you've ever seen um, Gone with the Wind, the very opening scene where Scarlet's sitting there with two guys hitting on her, one of those is George Reeves, who became Superman. And he took the role very seriously. He never wanted to be seen smoking. In fact, he eventually quit smoking. Um, really? But he um, he came to dread it as well, in a way, because it kind of typecast him, and he ended up getting stuck in that role. So he had he had trouble uh, getting getting work outside of Superman? Well, basically, once he became Superman, uh, and there's a lot of controversy besides his really controversial death. There's right. a lot of there's a lot of controversy around um, whether he actually despised the role or not. His close friends, a couple of them, and some people who claim that, you know, he regretted being in the quote monkey suit. And <laughs> although he did um, over a hundred episodes all through the nineteen fifties, and he had a lot of personal appearances, he would be paid to make those appearances. There were a lot of reports that he really dreaded it, um, and. You know, his death was so controversial. Nobody knows if, he, if it was a suicide. Ben Affleck, now I have to re... I was going to ask. I was yeah. going to ask about that. I have movie. to reevaluate everything about Affleck now that he's gone from Hollywood Punchline to Academy Award. Amazing director. I saw yeah. Hollywood Land in the theater because it was a movie related to Superman. And he plays the story of George Reeves, whose mysterious death. Was it a murder? Was it a suicide? Was it an accidental shooting? No one's ever really known. But that's the original 
legacy this tragic guy playing this perfect figure. Yeah. Well, and the amazing thing about Superman is he's played really well in almost every media. Like, the radio show was enormously popular. Yeah. Uh, he's done well in movies, done well on television. You know, Batman never had a good radio show, JR. No, I know he did not. He, I mean, The Shadow did, but not Batman. Bat, I think Batman, in general, is a harder character to translate well. Um, though, I mean, I would argue that the Adam West Batman TV series has had at least as much <laughs> cultural impact and popularity as any of the Superman television. Yeah, that, I that's, love that show. The Batman TV show definitely has a major lasting impact beyond what Superman ever did, um, for sure. No. But, you know, it's interesting. So in this in this uh, history of Superman that I'm reading, the merchandising for Superman started within the first year that the that he was in action comics. Like before he even had his own standalone Superman comic, which he was also the first comic book character to get his own book, like almost all the other comic book uh, movie or uh, comic book characters. They were, you know, they had five or six stories in one book of all these different characters and Superman was the first to have just a Superman comic. Anyway, does does your book the, talk about the rivalry between Captain Marvel and Superman cuz Captain Marvel was just crushing Superman in sales initially. When? Initially before before uh before DC eventually went after and sued them to get the copyright. Okay, so I I may not have gotten to the place where there is a Captain Marvel yet cuz I'm still real early. Okay. Well, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Captain Marvel had this period where he was way more popular than Superman. And that's when, you know, DC's history, as far as uh, uh, not being jerks in court, is not very good. Uh, <laughs> which is right. true of most of the comics industry. But they went after and sued the people who made, uh, made Captain Marvel and eventually won the rights to the character. And that's why Captain Marvel shows up now in, in DC comics. And it confuses everyone. Right. But, yeah. So this was more popular than maybe Supergirl, which I think came out in 1983. The movie. Supergirl, the movie. <laughs> Slightly more popular. <laughs> oh gosh, that movie. Did you did you bad. guys watch Did you guys watch Smallville at all? I mean, were you guys Smallville fans? I tried. I really did, and I know there are people who love it forever, but it just didn't. For some reason, it just didn't do anything for me. Yeah, I, I couldn't get into. I watched. I watched. I tolerated all of season one. And when half the first half of season two was still freak of the week, everyone's a meteor monster. I I just gave up. I never watched Smallville. I think I saw about twenty minutes combined of it. I did watch Lois and Clark on a weekly basis, Sunday night at eight. It was on. Yeah, we watched it quite a lot um, too. You know, I love the characters around Clark Kent. I love Jimmy Olsen and Perry White, and um, maybe this is a transition as well. But you know, I kind of worry that that's going to get lost in this new reboot. Um, by what I, I'm not sure what they're doing there, but um, that's one of the fun things about those TV shows for me. You know, like even Lois and Clark, which, <laughs> granted, it wasn't the best TV ever, but it was good enough. It was. It was really popular. It was Superman on a weekly basis. Yep. You knew every week you were going to see him in the suit. Uh, okay, so let's. Let's go back into the films a little bit because I really want to. I really want to get to talking about the Man of Steel. Um, so you know there were four. Well, the, did Donner do all four of the original films? 
No, I don't believe so. As a matter of fact, there was a great controversy. Um, wasn't he replaced in the middle of the second one, right? That would explain why the last half of the second one is completely insane. Well, it, it was a it was a very famous rivalry, so you can actually buy, I think seven or eight years ago, they actually made the Richard Donner cut. Like, they went back in and, and figured, really? figured out a way, yeah, to do what would have included, like, almost an entire Richard Donner cut, because, yeah... Um, it, it, the story behind wow, Superman Two is is really interesting, um, but but essentially, um, it was made by two different people, and so the first movie and a half was Richard Donner. Um, by the time they got to Superman Three, I don't know if it was uh, the same guy who did. I think Richard Lester was the guy that did after okay. Donner. Now, if you guys had to rank those first four movies, w- would you say they? just continually decreased in quality. <laughs> you say that the first one was the best and then the second one. Yeah. I mean, I, that's kind of how I would make Yeah, it. for sure. I, I don't think there's any any argument about diminishing returns there. Matt, what do you think? If you're ranking those first four films, is it one's the best and they just go downhill? I love one a lot, but I have to say that two has a lot of favorite moments in it. Oh, yeah. So, Neil before the Zod. The amnesia kiss? Neil before Zod. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I mean the fight between the three Kryptonians with with Superman is pretty awesome, and that's what the new movie looks like. It's going to try and get the best parts from one and two, all in one movie. So we'll yeah. see how that goes. But Superman four is definitely the most forgettable. <laughs> um, isn't that the one with uh, Ducky? What's his face? John uh, Cryer is in Superman four. He plays like really? the yeah. He plays. He the plays the. The, the Sun Child or whatever? I forget, what, I forget what... He's in it. I forget what he does in it. It's all about Cold War. It's all about the nukes, right? Yeah, yeah. And I yeah, remember because... The moment of that movie that I was like, okay, I'm done. This one is not good. Was the fight on the moon. When they... <laughs> I just was like, come on. They're like pulling up the American flag and fighting each other. And there's an elevator involved somehow. I don't recall. But... Uh, yeah, I just was like, come on, guys, really? And I, the other thing that was really irritating about that film for me is, you know, the whole spoiler, it, the way that Superman has to defeat the Sun Child is by putting him in the dark because he's solar powered. <laughs> That's what the elevator but, was. He puts yeah, him in the elevator. But, he's like, no, it loses powers. <laughs> okay, I just looked it up. So John Cryer plays Lenny Luther. Who is the nephew of Lex Luthor? Oh, nice. Oh, and, uh, okay. Yeah, that's the one where Superman's like he's done. He wants to quit. He's had enough, which you know is kind of like what's really happening in Hollywood at the time. I know, right? But but the thing was, Superman is also solar powered. Like that's his his uh, ad, again to quote Mallrats, his Kryptonian biological matrix is enhanced by Earth's yellow sun. Yeah. Uh, so I just thought it was a weird like okay whatever I don't that that. I'm sure that was not the only problem with that film, but... You think Superman <laughs> would just eventually stop opening up anything that's a lead box? You know? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, if, you, you would think that. If somebody, give, if somebody puts anything in lead, Superman, just don't go near it. <laughs> he just ships it off to Gotham City. Batman, <laughs> check this out. It's good. Okay, so did any, no one like Superman Return? We're all agreed on that, right? I, no. I'm probably as close as it gets, but yeah, for sure the movie has tons of problems. I was just so excited to see Superman on the big screen again. And yes. I thought Brandon Ruth played that Clark Kent style, like Christopher Reeves. And Did I you liked guys that ever... about it, but yeah. Um, it's not good. Did you guys hear how he got cast? 
Um, no, I don't think so. No. He showed up to a costume party in Halloween, and he he had the curl, and then he had a suit on, and he had the uh, the shirt unbuttoned and the tie down, and you could just see the Superman outfit under uh, under all that. So he showed up like that, and his gla- and the Clark Kent glasses and everything, and a casting director who was working on the film saw him and was like, "That's the guy." Yeah, it doesn't hurt when you look like mm-hmm. Superman, I guess. That's why yeah. I've been dressing like Han Solo's son every day. <laughs> I'm trying to get into episode seven. Um, so why? Okay, so I, I'll just say for me there were several problems with the new with Superman Returns. The kid, I I didn't I don't think I even got what they were trying to do by giving him a kid, and then the ambiguous like it was that was just a train wreck for me. Um, I hated that Luther was the villain again and that his master plan was real estate in the middle of the ocean that was all jagged crystal. Like it just, it, I, I understood. I just was dumb. And I don't like the, the Lex Luther bumbling henchman kind of feel that the Luther of those, those Donner films that they recreated with Kevin Spacey has. I like the, the ruthless CEO but to me, the biggest crime in that entire film was that I sat through a two-hour Superman film, and he didn't hit anything. He he did get shot in the eye by a machine gun. Yeah, that was kind of Right, cool. but he didn't punch anything. I, Not even once. I think <laughs> he was kind of emotionally crippled, and he, he was trying not to act out in rage or something. You, you skipped over I, the horrific casting decision of Kate Bosworth as Lois Lane. Yeah, she was the worst. Crazy. I don't know. I mean, uh, I I don't know if you can blame her. That was a bad script. It was it was just bad. Everything was bad. So let's talk about the new movie, Man of Steel. It's coming. I have moved from skeptical to hopeful. Um, it's got Chris. I moved way past hopeful to like drooling. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> the last the last trailer was pretty awesome. What do you guys think? I can't wait. Now they're going to recreate. They're going to do the origin story. It's part of the Christopher Nolan production universe. But it's Zack Snyder. I don't know. I don't know. Zack Snyder. The thing about Zack Snyder is he does these really like perfect comic book looking movies that have like no soul. There's nothing to care about in them, uh, in my opinion. Now, I know people who would argue about that. But for people who don't know, he's made 300. Um, Sucker Punch, Sucker Punch yeah. Watchmen. Yeah, so so I'm guessing it'll look beautiful. In fact, some of the some of the uh, previews we've seen of Superman, it almost looks like Terrence Malick is doing it. Like really yeah. beautiful, A- amazing cinematography and and pictures. So in that point, in that part, I'm like, that's that looks really cool. But I'm just trying to keep my hopes down. I was so excited about Superman Returns, and then I yes. hated it so much. I I want to go in skeptical, not drooling. And come out pleasantly surprised, hopefully, you know. So I'm. J- I just keep saying to myself, uh, maybe it's going to be a musical. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it's going to be really horrible. Maybe you know. I, who knows? Can I tell you guys my theory? Yes. Okay. So they've they've been. If you've read any of the interviews online, they've been saying, you know, we wanted to reimagine Superman for today, and how do you retell his origin story in a way that's meaningful? So I think ba- this is purely based on what I've seen in the trailer. I think that the film's going to be 
that you have this ultra-powerful person who has to hide who he really is. And he's from from the time he's a little kid, he's constantly being told, don't be yourself, don't be yourself, don't be yourself, don't be yourself. Because people won't like who you really are. And so the film, and so then he's presented with a choice. He can join Zod and be who he really is. Or he can continue to live the life that he's been living, which is not being who he really is, denying his true self so that he can fit in with everyone else. And he's going to, the film's going to be him finding that middle way to be who he is in such a way that it calls everyone else to join him in that. And I think that'll, I think that'll work really, really well. I think it'll resonate with people because, uh, because of the, the so-called social media generation where we're con we are all constantly being encouraged to put a best sense of ourselves forward, a, a false picture of who we really are an us that's more uh, fit for public consumption. Yeah. And so I think that's why the film, I think it'll resonate and hit really big. Well, that's what I've heard the filmmakers say. Like someone asked, uh, uh, is there kryptonite in the movie? And they said, there's emotional kryptonite. So that makes sense. There's this like, crippling emotional issue he has to overcome to become Superman. It actually sounds really, sim what you just said, sounds really similar to the J.J. Abrams concept of Superman that, you know, he was, he wrote a screenplay at one point and had right. a really, well, maybe he didn't write it. Maybe he just pitched it. I don't know. But yeah, had a really similar feel to it. I like the idea. I think it could work really well. Do you, I hope, go ahead. Sorry. Do you guys think that, you know, everything we love about the Superman of our childhood is this world, is this culture just not ever going to work for the way Superman used to be great anymore? You know, all of the all of the movie theaters are begging Hollywood to do less rated R movies. Because they make typically more money on family stuff. So, now, yep. I know horror films make plenty of money because JR sees them like 20 times. Um, <laughs> it's because they're cheap, but they bring in a good amount yeah. of money and every like 14 to, you know, whatever age year old guy goes to all of them. Um, but, but I, I think that, I think our society wants someone like Superman done well. They want yeah. someone they can look up to and who will be a hero, but people aren't aware. They keep thinking, oh, you want another Watchmen. Oh, you want the Dark yeah. Knight. Oh, you want, you want something that's dark and gritty. And I think there's plenty of us who are like, Dark and Gritty's fine. I like that sometimes. But what I really want is a hero who is like the bright and shining knight who's going to come in and right. say, we can fix this. Right. I... Well, and that's just it. When you're telling a Batman story, be dark and gritty. Um, don't try to do that with Spider-Man. Don't try to do that with Green Lantern. And definitely, definitely don't do that with Superman because he's not a dark and gritty character. That doesn't mean you have to be idealistic or it doesn't mean you have to be naive. But it does mean you do have to be idealistic. Um, so is the so, new movie doomed by virtue of it moving towards gritty Superman? No, because I think Noel, I think Christopher Nolan knows what he's doing. I think he understands what makes what makes these different heroes tick. It can be a gritty uh, world. Think, Superman can't be gritty in the midst of it. He has right. to be... Well, or he can't end up gritty, right? Yeah. Well, it's like what Super Superman always does the right thing. He doesn't catch a bad guy and kill them. He doesn't arrest Lex Luthor unless he can prove that he's done wrong. He follows right. the rules. 
Whereas, you know, all these comics that have come out in response to that, it's like the authority. Oh, this guy's a bad guy. Well, we can't prove it. All right, we'll kill him. You know, that's not what Superman does. Yeah. He, yep. he doesn't work that way. I think as I think as long as the film ends where that in that super idealistic always does the right thing, Superman it can work, and I think it's okay to show him getting there. Um, I don't know, maybe not. I'm happy to be wrong about that too, but I I, I think it could be a great I think it could be a great film. So the movie comes out, and in we'll June. find out in a month, June 11th, if I'm not mistaken, June 14th, maybe I'm not sure. June 14th, okay. Um. We're going to have to definitely revisit it. I think it'll come up in a future Storyman um, broadcast. JR, you want to, uh, any final thoughts here? I, I mean, I would be really curious to know from some of our listeners, you know, what Superman stories they've heard, your first exposure to Superman, or um, particularly how much you're looking forward to the Man of Steel. Are you going to see it in theater? Are you going to wait for it on video? Are you going to skip it? Um, I'd, I'd love to hear that. I'd like I'd like the movie to end with Superman and Batman in a cafe just talking about the movie and how it went. Have you <laughs> If you don't know what Matt's talking about, it's the how it should have ended uh cartoon Super on, Cafe on the internet. So, They're yeah. so good. That's how it should end. Very good. <laughs> well, hey, thanks guys for listening. This has been our contribution to the Geek Christian Geek Podcast Tour superheroes edition so uh check out some of those other podcasts let us know about uh what you think about superman and the man of steel movie and uh if you were one of those three people on the planet that likes superman returns tell us why we're wrong in the comments and we'll be happy to argue with you <laughs> so, i don't know i uh, might get their back just for the nostalgia's sake there okay I, there you go clay clay can get clay clay will get your I back and that and i will I know. it's a bad movie but there's some, there's some great fun <laughs> that comes up so uh, again thanks for listening everyone we appreciate uh, you tuning in you can as always like us on Facebook or rate and subscribe to us on iTunes uh, this has been episode 15 of the Storymen and we will be back next week 